Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. St. Louis native, product of the Lindenwood University, the lead anchor for MLB Network, Greg Amsinger, joins us right now. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Product of the Lindenwood University. Yeah. I heard that great uh, sports update. And this is no joke. I, I, I was in a bad mood last night. I, breaking news, I had to stay on to do the Devers extension, which is fun, right? But we had to stay on a little later. I race home, have a great dinner with my wife and my son. And I, I put on the iPad, I, I had the Brooklyn Nets game. We've adopted the Brooklyn Nets since we moved to the Northeast. My son loves the NBA. I had the Brooklyn Nets game on. I had that movie with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga on at the uh-huh. same time in my basement. Oh, what a wonderful movie that was. I really enjoyed it. Sad ending if you've never seen it. And then I had the Lindenwood game on. I guess the Little Rock Trojans, okay? We're down 27-9. I'm thinking about flipping it off. I'm like, this isn't going to work out. And then we just kept grinding and grinding. And this kid, Kanan Cole, comes off the bench and doesn't miss a three. He's 5 of 5 behind the arc. 21 points, 11 boards. Plays out of his mind. We come back, take the lead. We win the game. I'm sweaty. I'm wearing my <laughs> Lindenwood hoodie. I took a picture of me going crazy. I sent it to Kyle Herdeman the head coach, so he could see it right when the game was over. It was a wonderful <laughs> night to be a Linwood alum. Love it. That's fabulous. Hey, t- tell us about uh, taking your son to New Orleans. How'd that go? Uh, well, he saw things he'll never unsee. Um, <laughs> I, 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 about halfway through, the idea of walking down Bourbon Street, you got to see Bourbon Street. Come on, London. You got to see Bourbon Street. The problem is, he looks like he's 15 or 16 years old. He's He's a big, tall guy. He's got a peach fuzz mustache that keeps growing back every three days. So he saw a couple things on Bourbon Street that (laughs) my my parenting skills have been questioned. I'll put it that way. They have been questioned. (laughs) Hey, Greg, we were were talking about this um, last couple of days. As it it stands right now, do you feel like the Cardinals roster is better uh, now than it was last year? Ooh. Um... That's a good question. I, I, I have to say yes. And the reason I say yes, no one expected Yachty or Molina to play at an all-star level behind the plate. And, and no one knew exactly how many games he was going to play. Andrew Kisner really couldn't get anything going offensively. And while you always look at offense from the catching position as the cherry on top of a great Sunday, it is beneficial when you know you have a bat in that spot that can play at an all-star level. And Contreras being the catcher for the Cardinals every day, a guy that wants to catch every day, and now he's got this $80-plus million contract to live up to. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. That was a light contract for a guy with his credentials. He's going to come out and play well. And to have that extra bat, that everyday guy that wants to lead behind the plate, you know, Jack Flaherty is, to me, the most important player on the team. Uh, I think he has to pitch to a – 
Cy Young finalist level for the Cardinals. I, I don't think to win the Central, per se. They're going to be the heavy favorites to win the Central. But to get past the four teams ahead of them, and, and when I say the four teams, I, I say the three teams in the East, the Braves, the Mets, the Phillies, and the Dodgers. To me, those four teams are better than the Cardinals heading into opening day. The only way they're better than those four teams, Jack Flaherty has to be in a win day. Every five days, the Cardinals are going to get a win. But as it stands now, with the health being better than it was last year, with Wayno going out final season, having Contreras behind the plate, I think, yes, knowing what Juan Yapez can do as a DH, a right-handed bat, because of what you saw last year, I think it's a better roster this year than last year. Greg Amzinger, MLE Network, with us on 101 ESPN. Hey, Greg, I want to ask you about that Devers contract, because when you're playing in a division with an emerging Baltimore team, in addition, obviously, to the Yankees and the Jays and uh, the Rays, I I don't know why you give Devers that contract right now. Does he, over the course of the next five years, and I know that's a long time in baseball, but is Ra- if Ra- is Rafael Devers that sort of a, a foundational player that you say, okay, we're going to build around him and we're going to be able to play with the Yankees and the Jays and the Rays on a regular basis? And so uh, in the immediate, the answer is no. Like, I don't know what they're doing for 2023 because with Rafael Devers, you didn't add him. You're bringing him back. Well, we had them pick last going into opening day <laughs> as of yesterday, two days ago, with Rafael Devers. He could have been a trade chip, but they're going to have him for the next 11 years. This is why, the way I look at it, twofold, right? The Boston Red Sox have been operating like a mid-market team. And I, on your show, I said, it is a tough thing to do as a GM to ask for millions and millions of dollars from ownership. That is not as easy as it sounds. Uh, spending other people's money can be difficult. Hein Bloom has struggled to do that. The moves he has made, the Kenley Jansons, the Justin Turners, the Christian Martins, the Chris Martins, those are all plan B guys, okay? And he's used to doing that, the cost-efficient stuff. But if you're the Boston Red Sox and you you charge more money for your tickets to your games than any other team, the most expensive tickets in baseball at Fenway Park, you got to have someone that you can sell a jersey to. You can't operate like the Tampa Bay Rays or the Oakland A's. You can't do that. So they needed one star. He's 26 years old. It's not going to change anything for 2023, in my opinion. I really don't think it will. But – it's a year from now. The big free agents, the Machados, the Shohei Otanis, that, that class, you're not getting any of them to consider the Red Sox without a pillar star bat that you know will be around them for a while. So teams want to win. The guys want to win, right? You're not luring any free agents without a star. They kept one star in Rafael Devers. And twofold, there is no no trade clause in his contract. He can't be traded without the life throughout the life of this contract, eleven years. So if it doesn't work out, if it if this is a guy that you know he's six foot two forty, <laughs> is he Pablo? Is he Pablo Sandoval's? Okay, <laughs> it's a contract you can move. And I, I think overall, when you look at the other contracts that were given out, ten plus years, this takes him to thirty seven. The Trey Turners, the Xander Bogarts, all those deals. They're in their 40s when this contract ends. So I do think it was a win-win for the Red Sox. 
Hey, Greg, you talked to us about the, the fact that Nolan Arenado didn't opt out and how you'll never see something like that again. If he were to never win a, a World Series in his tenure here as a St. Louis Cardinal, do you think he would be a little bit regretful that he didn't take that option? No, I, I do not think so. I, I think Nolan Arenado is just wired differently. And that's why once I met Nolan, and he was, I think, year three into his big league career, and I'm in spring training, and I came up with this hokey, um, like, open to our show. And I would do it in every single camp, right? And I, I'm like, hey, Nolan, I know it sounds weird, but I'm going to want you to act like you're, you know, going to get a foul ball and me and Dan Plesak are chatting. And I want you to, like, jump into the stands and collide with us. <laughs> and the PR guy for the Rockies is like, he's not doing that. I'm like, well, let me ask him. He might do it. And Nolan's like, absolutely, you got it, man. I'm like, for real? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, whatever you guys need. And he jumps into this stand. I got a photo of this, okay? I, I walk away. I'm like, that's the coolest dude in the sport. And then he's like, laughing. He jumps in back into the drills, and he's getting after it, getting after it. He's dripping a sweat within 10 minutes. And I'm like, I, I'm kind of obsessed with Nolan Arenado. And it wasn't just because of that, but it kind of kick-started my fandom of Nolan Arenado. And then getting to know him and, like, chatting with him away from the game. He's obsessed with the sport. I've met like 12 guys that are lifers, right? Larry Boa doesn't go to bed until the final out of the last game on the West Coast. doesn't matter if it's the 22nd inning in Oakland. Larry Boa doesn't go to bed. Because I know this because he texts me the entire time. <laughs> it's the last out of the last game. And I, he's a lifer. It's all he wants to talk about. I've known Larry Boa for 15 years. He doesn't even know I'm married with kids. All we talk about is baseball. And, and Nolan Arenado is cut from the same cloth. And you put Nolan Arenado in St. Louis, and I knew it was a match made in heaven. He'll never regret not opting out. He is in the fa his favorite place to be. He lives there, bought a house there. His wife loves it there. They've got their baby. This guy is all in on St. Louis. And I just think watching him flourish in, in my my hometown is going to be a sight to behold for the next few years. Hey, Greg, one last thing from me. Is there any chance after what happened heading into the postseason last year that if you were the Cardinals, you would bring Aroldis Chapman to, to camp, even if it were on a non-roster uh, non minor league deal? Yeah, I love the idea. I really, really do. I, at the end of the day, people are, are branding him as a bad guy for multiple reasons. Obviously, he had an incident uh, that led to him being traded from the Cincinnati Reds to the, to the New York Yankees when he was a superstar in the game. And then him and Aaron Boone didn't see eye to eye, and he didn't show up for a mandatory workout, which gave the Yankees the opportunity to just leave him off the roster. But the problem with that was – he knew he was going to be left off the roster. And when you have to, this is something you have to understand. Latin players look at Hall of Famers like royalty, like, like, like baseball gods, right? And in Latin America, they view Rolls Chapman as a guy who's on the Hall of Fame highway. So you can't disrespect a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famers, they breathe different air. And the fact that he was going to be left off the playoff roster was going to be an embarrassment to what many believe is a future Hall of Famer. So his pride kept him away from that. I'm with you. I love that idea. I truly do. My only reservation is with the pitch timer, <laughs> this mm, is one point. guy that mm. might be affected by it because he takes a long time to regroup and throw that baseball as hard as he can throw it. And once 
a reliever gets in the game and all of a sudden there's a base hit and then there's a hit by pitch. I've seen it when I covered it in the minor leagues when they had the pitch timer. The game speeds up in a big way on relievers. That said, the upside here for a Roldis Chapman who struggle, I get it. I would totally take a flyer on a Roldis Chapman if I'm the St. Louis Cardinals. I totally would. I would also, no joke, take a flyer on Nelson Cruz. Hmm. Great human being. Amazing guy. Brings a little bit of the leadership that you lost last year with Yachty and Pools going away. And I just think he's he, to me, he would love it in St. Louis. DH him in case Juan Yepes struggles in the role. I, I, he wants to be in a winning environment. That's why he hasn't signed yet. I would also roll the dice on Boomstick. Hey, Greg, we've had a question here on the text line uh, for, I don't know, the last couple of months. And I think you may be the one person that can answer it. Is Jordan Walker on the opening day roster? Oh, no. Answer is no. Uh, they're going to play the control game there. And as, that, as much as that bums me out, uh, if the Cardinals were with a thin roster where they didn't have such a log jam in so many different spots going into opening day, the answer would be like, yeah, yeah. Like Adley Rushman should have started opening day last year. Like the catcher of the Orioles, that should have happened. They would have been in the playoffs if he did. If you look at their record when he started compared to when he wasn't on the team, it was drastic. But in this case, this is not a thin roster. They've got a lot of guys. Tyler O'Neill needs to prove himself again. Dylan Carlson wants to show everybody he's an everyday center fielder. I just don't see them doing that when they don't have to do it. They'll play the control game. Whoever's struggling is going to take a seat. This kid's going to go to the outfield somewhere. But it's an exciting time because, once again, the Cardinals always do this. Spend the smart, smart money, Arenado, Goldie, Contreras, and they're always bringing up that next star who they drafted and developed. It's what the Cardinals do, and, and you're going to see it play out again. Uh, this kid Walker is the real deal. Greg Amsinger, great to hear your voice. You're the very best. And uh, one, one other thing. We were just talking about this. If anybody turns in a Hall of Fame ballot that doesn't have a name on it, should they continue to receive their, their right, their privilege of voting for the Hall of Fame? No, no, no. Matter of fact, let's start dwindling this group down. Please. <laughs> I'm, I am... I get it. A lot of these writers follow one team, and, and I respect that. It's not an easy job. But there are other people out there. I've met a couple that watch every damn game every single night, and they talk about it on TV. I, I don't know them personally. I don't know any of these guys personally. But there are people with jobs that are on television where maybe they do live look-ins of all 15 games, and they have to know all 30 rosters, and they have to know all the farm systems, and they talk about them. To nausea for three hours <laughs> to one o'clock in the morning. And I've then at seven in the morning, another morning, right? <laughs> right. I know a couple of these people, okay? <laughs> I think those people are more qualified to vote for the Hall of Fame than some podcaster who's got a blog and he writes a couple of funny tidbits about the Orioles. So anyway, <laughs> now I'm sweaty. Randy, you got me sweaty. I knew you were going to. Yeah, dancer. Is yes, you should take away their Hall of Fame vote. All right. Have a great one. You're the best, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Greg. Uh, yeah, see you guys. See you, brother. Take care. That is Greg Amsinger of the Lindenwood University and the MLB Network, so he agrees with us. Yes. Yeah, if you don't want to put a name on there, you shouldn't be allowed yeah. to vote anymore. And Greg has a great historical knowledge of the game. Danny Mack has a great historical knowledge of the game. But I think all of us would say this. If Bob Costas can't get a vote for the Baseball Hall of Fame, what are we doing? 